Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend slash co-host, Devin, alongside Mr. Mike Thomas, returning for episode two. You can find him on the Chatter After Collider and the Amateur Otaku Podcast. And today we're going to be sharing our views and insights on the second episode of HBO's original series, The Last of Us, which is based on the video game of the same name. And episode two is titled Infected. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Film Optics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Gentlemen, gentlemen, how was your wild card weekend? Any any surprises or everyone's kind of like, you know, is everyone's cheering for the Bengals at this point? I'm, I'm assuming so. But I had some money on the Bengals, so they made me they made me pretty happy. Oh, yeah. I mistakenly thought that the, the Giants would do way better than what actually ended up happening in that game. So, you know, as a Packers fan, I don't care. Honestly, it's, once the Vikings lost, I'm good. There you go. <laughs> He's like, you know what? They're out. I'm, I'm a happy man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy, crazy weekend. I, I did a lot of, um, let's just say soul searching <laughs> throughout these past <laughs> few days. <laughs> Not like serious soul searching. I was just out and about with some, some buddies, a lot of my friends from Cincinnati. So it, it was, it's really hard not to root for the Bengals at this point. I don't know why it's like, there's something about it. Like, but I mean, I think my friends being Bengal, Bengal fans here make it like more tolerable because like they are like amazing people. That's how I felt about the Cowboys. I have a lot of friends who are Cowboys fans and I just slowly noticed that I was starting to kind of cheer for them. Like, Oh God, no, I hate this. This is awful. I was like, what happened? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. But, um, so has anyone been watching anything else outside of the last of us or just still, I I, know it's pretty much going to be on everyone's brain for like the next What's eight weeks? I think we have like eight weeks left of the last of us, seven weeks, something like that. That's about seven. Yeah. About seven weeks. Yeah. Have you guys been watching anything else outside of the last of us? I'm uh, I'm all caught up on Abbott Elementary now. Um, I did not realize that season two is ongoing. So now I'm sad because there's now I have to wait. He's had to wait with the rest of us. Yeah. Abbott Elementary is what I've been watching. Um, also, Vox Machina. We, yes. we covered that for the chatter after Christian. We've been going through that. Uh, I've been rewatching it to uh, preparing for a stream we're doing on Wednesday. Oh, you know, I should probably do the same thing. <laughs> 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 it's been crazy. I haven't like I've just been watching a lot of Seinfeld because <laughs> and oh, actually I did rewatch that 90s show on Netflix. I, I really I adore it. I, I really do. You know, it's. Obviously, it's not that 70s show, but like I think it is a very like clever and like really cool follow up to the original. So I like rewatched that this week when I was doing laundry uh, when I wasn't watching football. But I want to start like White Lotus. I think that's going to be my next move. It's a good I one. Th- 
Not many people cling to the ancient ways. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, I've just been kind of watching that. Nothing too crazy altogether, but a, a random one. I, a random one I had, I watched Kaleidoscope when that came out. Mm. Just, just okay. Just nothing crazy. Is that a movie or a series? It's the Netflix show where like you can watch it in any order. That's like the gimmick of it. What? Oh, that's what Ethan was talking about. Okay, okay. Only on Netflix can you get a gimmick like that. (laughs) My gosh. (laughs) Next thing you know, it's gonna be like video games. Oh, you can you can buy well technically I think I guess you could call Final Fantasy 15 kind of like Kaleidoscope, but they're not interconnected. You can just jump into whatever video game you want and like not have to worry about like there are no rules yeah there's no rules but yeah i have to watch kaleidoscope where, where did you start Devin? like was it in the middle beginning and i just let it let it give me whatever the netflix gods wanted me to watch i think it randomizes it oh so it's like an algorithm <laughs> the the algorithm cheeses for you literally uh, <laughs> this is literally the the plot of space jam 2 i swear don Cheadle. it is algae <laughs> rhythm Yes. Oh my gosh. So that's why the uh the co-CEO of Netflix quote unquote left the company. <laughs> it yes. was all algae rhythm. <laughs> the Netflix rhythm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's it's been pretty crazy. But enough of the, the housekeeping shitter chatter. Are you guys ready to dive into this review? It's it's a really good episode. I can't say it's short, but it's kind of like a part one, part two, but we'll kind of talk about that later on. But are you guys ready to dive on in? Oh, yes. As ready as I can be for pain. Seriously. It was, it was fantastic. It, oh, too soon. It, it's too soon. I don't care if it's 10 years later. It's too soon because <laughs> it still breaks my heart. But ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to The Last of Us Episode 2. We are back with our episode two coverage of The Last of Us. Again, episode two is titled Infected. So if you are new here, welcome to the show. The way that we usually break things down here is that we will get into our initial reactions first, and then we'll dive into the heavy spoiler section after for the people who have seen or played the game. I guess you can also say seen if they just watch the cutscenes online. But There's so many people who've done that, strangely enough. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I totally believe it. Because I had one of my friends, um, it was a few years ago, he just didn't have enough money for a PlayStation. And I was like, hey, you know, if you really just want to experience the story, I just link, linked him. It was like, I think like maybe nine, ten videos of just all the cutscenes um, all together. And he just got the story that way. But I believe people probably would watch it that way i don't know why but 
hey, it is what it is. It's the strangest thing. It's free. That's true. Technically, it is free. It's it's being yeah yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one way to quote unquote beat a game, but <laughs> just watch it passively on a screen. But again, for all the new listeners out there, you know we get into our initial reactions first, which is our non-spoiler section. Then we get into our spoiler section, which you know if you haven't played the game. That's what we'll kind of, you know, talk about all those spoilers, whatnot, make all of the uh, similarities and differences. And we're also going to get into a little bit of trivia um, within the spoiler section. And then we'll get our final thoughts and our ratings. And then we will close out for this episode. So I'm going to pass it over to Mike so he can give his initial reactions for episode two. And then we'll go to Devin and then myself. Yeah. So this episode, I think, was just a phenomenal follow-up to, to the first one, right? Because the, the first episode did a lot of groundwork, getting us introduced into this world, introduced to these characters, doing that time jump, right? And so now we, we're actually firmly in present day, and we get to see more of Joel, Ellie, and Tess, and their their personalities, and then the relationship that starts to kind of form between the three of them, which I think is very interesting. Um I, I love how well done that was. I love our first look at the clickers, right? Like how menacing and terrifying those things actually are. Um, so yeah, non-spoiler thoughts are very brief. It's just another great episode of The Last of Us. And yeah, it's it's just a great time. I, all my thoughts are probably going to be in the spoiler section. I'm sorry, because there's just so much to get into that. I don't all really right, Mike, get the heck out of here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> fair enough. Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, totally. That That is fair, because there is a lot to talk about in this episode that it's mainly going to be spoilers. But I just wanted to get our initial reactions really quick for the folks at home that have not played the game. But Devin, we'll pass it over to you. What are your initial reactions of episode two? Yeah, I got to agree with everything Mike said. Um, just a great follow-up, and it really just establishes the threat for this show, which I think is very important. Um, it, it mixes some things up from the game, but I think it does so for a reason. Um, definitely showing you who who the real threat is at, at the current time, and I think that was very important. I also love these kind of cold open, like flashback openings we've been getting these first two episodes. It's really a great way to to set everything up and give you some backstory as to what's actually happening. And this one was so well done. Uh, what was it said in Indonesia? It was just crazy to see the reaction from uh, the mushroom fungal doctor. I forgot the name of that. <laughs> the fungal doctor. The podiatrist. <laughs> Fungus? Fungus. <laughs> Dr. Toad. Dr. Toad. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> So uh, as far as my industrial reactions go, I pretty much echo what you guys were saying. It, it was another fantastic episode. You know, it's it's the same, but it's different at the same time. And I was thinking about it a few days ago. I was like, well, obviously, when it comes to a lot of the scenes that they um, rip from the game or adapt from the game, especially, it's not always line to line. And I had to kind of separate that in my brain where it's like, well, if if Pedro Pascal gave like the same performance as Troy Baker did in the video games, that's not necessarily, that's not Pedro giving his own performance. So 
it this episode itself was directed by Neil Druckmann, who was director on both Last of Us Part One and Part Two games, and was written by Craig Mazin. And I I thought it was beautifully done, especially the way that you know. Like Devin said, we get like the cold opens where we start to see, we get a little bit more backstory as to how the infection started. Because obviously in the games, you know, if you want to look for that information, it is there. You just have to go out and find it yourself. But with television, you know, all the information has to be explained to the viewer as you know as the season goes on it's not like oh well let me stop here and like you know make sure that like there's like maybe these small little easter eggs which there are but the the start of the infection it has its own expedition at the beginning beginning of each episode which i think is pretty cool i hope they do keep that up because it is kind of like a nice you know, start to each episode or at least for the first few episodes, you know, farther we get into the story, it may be a little bit different, but yeah, overall, I mean, you know, Tess, um, I, I apologize. I'm blanking on the, um, the actor's name who plays Tess, but I thought she gave a fantastic performance. You know, we get to see more of Ellie and just the back and forth interaction between Joel and Ellie play out on screen. Like it's similar to the games, but it's its own thing. And it's it's familiar while being different at the same time, which is something I really appreciate. But those are just a few of my initial reactions. I know we're probably geeking up to get the spoilers here. So, gentlemen, are you ready to head in to our spoiler section? Let's save who we can save. Save who you can save. Oh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not played the games or have not seen the episode altogether... Turn back now because because that was your first spoiler warning for The Last of Us Episode 2 again. That is your second spoiler warning for The Last of Us Episode 2. So again, if you have not seen this episode and or played the games, turn back now because we're about to get into the weeds and potato, the meat and potatoes. I was going to say the weeds and potatoes. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. But we're going to get into... You know, the the juicy bits of this episode. So when it comes to the spoilers, it's a lot to talk about. But I wanted to pass it over to you guys. Is there anywhere you wanted to start for this episode? I guess starting just right back at the beginning, right? In that cold open and like seeing how everything just quickly deteriorates before our eyes, right? Like we have the doctor and her solution is nuke the city. Bomb it. Bomb the city. Kill everyone. That was that was amazing. That's so heavy, man. And it, again, bringing parallels to our world. Imagine in 2019, that was the decision was just to bomb the city with COVID. Right? It's like it's chilling. Especially, The Last of Us feels more real than ever after the cold open from last week and living through a pandemic ourselves. It's just like that shook me way more than anything else I've seen. Uh, thus far in the show, probably because, again, it is something that's not in the game. It's an HBO original scene. So it's unexpected, but it's just horrifying. And then we follow that up with later Tess explaining that, yeah, they did that. Didn't work, but they did that. And it's like, <laughs> dang. Oof. Yeah, which I, I agree with you there, uh, Mike. It, it is it is bone chilling. 
And Tess does touch on it. And it sucks because, you know, when, when we get that opening scene with the fungal doctor, it's, you know, she's able to calculate, you know, all of these steps and scenarios in her head, like almost instantly. I, I looked it up, by the way. It's, it's my colleagist, so we can sound a little bit dignified. Okay. <laughs> well, I like fungal doctor. No, I was shaking. Yeah, it does, my it does sound nice. <laughs> does it though? <laughs> mycologist. Mycologist. Okay. So the mycologist, you know, she is running through all of these scenarios in her head and it's, it's almost as if, you know, you have Dr. Strange in the time and the time stone. He's going through all these scenarios and instead of there being a one way to save humanity, there is no way to save humanity. Yeah. So she just knows it's done for her. Yeah, so she's like, she just comes out and says, and not casually, but it's just like, bomb, like bomb everything because we cannot stop this. And like we, you know, they said it during the beginning of the first episode, you know, if this thing takes over, there is no vaccine, we lose. So then, you know, all of that, she wants to go home and, you know, spend the time that she has left with her family. Because she was terrified. Like, you could see that. And then, of course, we, you know, it's not an HBO show unless there's, like, a little bit of nudity in there, I guess. So we get to see the, the, um, one of the victims, you know, who's been shot in the head. And, you know, the fungal doctor. I'm sorry. The name already, like, left my brain. (laughs) Mycologist. Mycologist? Yep. And when, when she takes when she takes that little strand out of the mouth and it starts moving around, oh my god! It's yeah, disgusting. that would have freaked me out too. It's like you're fascinated, but like you're mesmerized, but you're creeped out at the same time. So, with that in mind, I want your guys' opinions because we did touch on this last week. Since there's no spores, they've been replaced by these weird tendril things. Was that effective to you? The way that it was used in this episode, I think it works. Actually, now that we've seen it in action. The spores, when it comes to Ellie's character, you know, it is a big thing. And it's a big thing in part two as well. But Craig Mazin did say that, you know, in a video game, that makes sense. There's a lot of suspense of disbelief when you are playing a video game. You know, we're, we're, we're swinging, one, swinging around the city of Spider-Man and, you know, we're, we're walking in, you know, these areas where only spores are available or like, you know, live and thrive within like the deep confines of like certain buildings, like in real life, if you are trying to adapt this to a real life scenario, spores would be everywhere. They wouldn't just locate in one or in like specific areas. Um, I think it works really well for the show. Like I don't have any qualms with it anymore. I, I like what they're doing with it because it does look creepy and this is an adaptation. You do have to change certain things because like if you're at adapting a book for television or for a movie, not everything can be adapted one for one because there are things that work in the book that just look silly or sound silly on screen. So that's the way I'm approaching it with this adaptation. But I, I think the tendrils work. Devin, what, what are your thoughts? I, I agree. I also love how they added in the the hive mind element to it as well in this episode, where one one false step and you are alerting the hive. And it's <laughs> that's also scary. Another little thing that has similarities with Stranger Things. I sent you that video where um, there's a couple of similarities. It's just entertaining to look at. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, with the yeah with the upside down, and it 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 did kind of have that Stranger Things effect, but you know it was its own thing here. And yeah, I I think it works. But what about you, Mike? Do you think it works? Yeah, for some reason this was even more terrifying than the game, and that's saying something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like that. Like Devin was saying, the hive mind aspect of it all, like the idea that one false turn, one bad step, and miles away clickers are coming and like when you really think about it what if somebody miles away from you makes a bad move and that causes the clickers to start coming your direction you know like it just adds a new sense of urgency uh because if joel and ellie do something wrong that can affect marlene wherever she is right and so i think that just adds a new layer of suspense of every action is going to have a reaction, right? So every time they encounter a horde of clickers, or even just one clicker, they might end up screwing someone else over, or vice versa, which I just think is a new layer of dread going forward. Like, Ellie, Ellie can't just go walk around messing with things, or can't be random piano frogs causing havoc. <laughs> yes. Well, Entertaining the masses. Right. So, in, in of course, we don't want, you know, these fungi, you know, making love with us or anything or kissing us. But that was a creepy scene. But it's it's crazy because we, we have Tess. And in this episode, we, we all knew it was coming. Tess, you know, bites the bullet. But she does so in a different way because when they get to... Yeah, there's actually the, been some controversy, apparently. Uh, I saw there was an IGN article and everything. People, some, at least a section of people are upset about the change from the video game. I see. I mean, it. I guess, but you can say, I, I don't know. And I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> e- even with the the opening scene in Indonesia, like that takes place two days before, you know, the premieres episodes events. So it kind of like builds up to it. Personally, I, I think it works just because I was listening to the Last of Us podcast episode two. And Craig was saying, and at least in his mind, um, he didn't under he didn't know why Fedra would be so far out that way. And I'm like, well, I guess so. Like it makes sense in the games because, you know, you do have these people who are escaping from the QZ, you know, they're trying to find them, but there's also fireflies, which we have not seen a lot of in the um, show as of yet. And they haven't really touched on them all that much. I mean, they have, but, I feel like in the games, they have to constantly keep bringing them up because, you know, they are the, the rebel group. I, I think as far as like a death scene goes, I'm just glad like she actually got one here. There really wasn't one in the game. That's kind of a big difference. Like she kind of dies off screen and it doesn't have as much of an impact, I don't think. That's why it's fascinating that you mentioned that people were mad about that because like she dies off screen. In the yeah, game. I think it's just better here because I, I had forgotten, honestly, what it, what the scene was. So I just watched it like an hour ago, the original test death scene and doesn't really have the same hit and impact as this one does. Definitely not as creepy, that's for sure. Again, like we had talked about last week when Mike was saying, you know, there's there's going to be similarities, but, you know, whether or not people, like when it comes to like how events play out in the game versus in the show, some things are just different. Because, I mean, at least for me, because yes, Tess does die off screen, but there's something eerie about that where she's like, okay, you know, I just have to go do this. But again, in a video game, you kind of just have to get to the point and then move on to the next thing. But once it cuts out from the video game, you can hear Tess being shot at, but obviously you don't see it. But 
in the game, I'm sorry, in the show, we see it play out in a different way. And I mean, you get to the same end goal. It's yeah. just played out differently. You just have the worst makeout sesh on screen of all time. <laughs> I loved how she just submitted to it. See, that's, that's the thing. There's a lot of theories. Like, was she giving up or was she immobile at that point? Was it taking over her body? There's just a lot of ways you can look at it. I think from from what we've seen, because obviously, you know, Tess gets bitten while they're inside of the uh, the museum, which we'll get to in a, here in a second because that was phenomenal. But when Tess does die, or she, when she chooses to stay, she's dead either way. She's already been bitten. She has like maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half left. So as the you know as Joel and Ellie are leaving the Capitol building, she you know she does want to you know kill off as much as of the hive or the, the infected as much as you can. But it's kind of like, you know, what do you do in that situation? Cause you're bitten. You're going to turn into one of these people already. It was like, she was submitting, but the fire or the, the lighter, I should say was kind of like her last hope. Like if that didn't work, it's kind of like, you know, the whole tendril thing kind of just sped up the process for her. And it's like, she's dead either way. So, like, what is she supposed to do? She did buy them time. But I don't know. That That's just my thought process on it. It's just so creepy seeing those cursed spaghetti noodles coming out of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Never eat cold spaghetti again. Angel hair pasta. <laughs> it's awful, awful stuff. But, yeah. Um <laughs> Every time I think about it, I mean, like I said, th- th- those are just my thoughts about what I thought she was thinking. I was like, you know, she's dead either way. I don't know. But she, her main goal was to buy Joel and Ellie time. <laughs> and yep. she does that in both in both the games and, you know, in, in the show. So I thought it was beautifully done for sure. But I, I do. I would do a Joel would have scooped up some grenades on the way out. Those could have been useful. <laughs> you see, if this was the video game, you know that's what we would have been doing. We'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. hold before we go, let me grab these bullets, let me grab this gun, let me grab this brick. <laughs> you never know what I'll need this brick later on. <laughs> the ship. Use your ship, Joel. Use your ship. <laughs> I, I always had a brick on me. Never threw it, but I'm like, you never know. You're going to need how many bricks, you know, <laughs> in any situation. Seriously. I mean, when you're talking about the clickers and speaking of the clickers, yeah, we got to talk, talk about, about these clickers. clickers. Yeah. Practically done. Thank God. Seriously. Um, yeah. yeah, I was, I was blown away, but I wanted to get your guys thoughts on the museum clicker, um, introduction. So we'll go to Mike and then we'll go to Devin and then I'll bounce it back to myself. Yeah. So the introduction and the build up to the clickers were so fascinating, right? I love how they, they set that up and it's very much like the video game, right? Where you're, where you have to sneak around, try not to make a sound. I even love Ellie's confusion of not quite understanding the situation. Like she's dealt with infected. She hasn't dealt with somebody who's been this far gone to where they're an actual clicker at this point. Right. And so I love how this is the, the next progression from what we saw last week into this week, where we finally see a full blown monster and how they interact and deal with that. And man, it was terrifying. I love how it's the same uh, noise. It's the same clicking sound from the video game. It's just one-to-one. They didn't change it. And I love, um, if you watch the episode, 
you see you have that little bonus at the end, right, where Craig and Neil are talking about how they thought about redesigning them, and then they said, no, it's it's perfect. There's no point in changing it. And so seeing how effective it was in this episode and how eerie and creepy these things were, it was it was phenomenally done. I loved it. Um, I'm just glad, unlike the video game, there was not a horde of them where I had to kill like 20. <laughs> <laughs> the two were were surprisingly effective. They are, they are annoying to kill, that's for sure. It was crazy. Um, Devin, what what are your thoughts on the the introduction of the clickers? Yeah, I thought it was great how he, he they kind of have to communicate with each other within that small time frame and without even really talking because things are happening and they have to figure out how to survive. And I just love how they looked. Uh, I saw an interview with Pedro and Bella where they were just like, they were they were done practically and maybe done too practically because they scared us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The the clickers, when, when I saw them, and like Mike had said, like during the inside of the episode, that small little blip that you get towards the end of every episode, Craig Mason's goal was to, you know, for people who have seen the game or have played the game, or I guess we can also say, quote unquote, seen the game or lots of cutscenes. If you play the game, you see the clickers and you're like, yes, that's the clickers. And if you haven't, you're like, Holy crap, like, what is that? Like, you know nothing about this universe. And that's the only downside of this entire experience that I've had is that I've not been able to watch this with someone who has never played the game and does not know the story. That would be a amazing experience, I think, at least for me. But mm. for the clickers, even down to the movement, the hair and makeup, the, the, the prosthetics, the... It was the speed, the jumping, like it's all so <laughs> scary. Like they get after it. Right. And we were also talking about last week, Mike had mentioned asking us that if, you know, since we're not getting a lot of action in the show, we get a little bit, bit of the traditional, you know, sneaking around in the museum in this building where, you know, they're not supposed to be, you know, no talking. The classic video game split up where you have to split rooms because <laughs> just because. Speaking yeah. of which, just quick note: I love that Ellie still can't swim. <laughs> yeah, thank God that because that is that's also I mean that's a very big part of her character. I mean, extremely. It's crazy. Yeah, being born born in a post apocalyptic world, there's probably a lot of things that you would not know how to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I I love when when the cluggers attack. Like Joel initially, like he just drops his rifle. And it's like unslung and he's just, you know, showing that he's using the sling as intended. But it's very he's very careful because Tess and Joel knew about the clickers like they probably didn't know that they were there because they kind of alluded towards. They said they didn't hear them. Right. Got there. Right. Yeah. And it's very interesting how that happens. But I, I love how also at the beginning of the episode when. Uh, we're not at the beginning of the episode, but well, I guess so. So when they when they first enter the museum, when Joel opens up the door, that shot was so good. The set design is just amazing. But yeah, the set design was fantastic. But when when they're opening up the door, it makes like the sound or like sound characteristics of a clicker. Yeah, and I was like that, like of the place that they were staying when you know Ellie's like in the little fetal position, like <laughs> right after the little cold open. I was like, oh, wow, she's just, like, sleeping in the sunlight. Got chicken sandwiches on deck. Seriously. I love Bella Ramsey, because 
the the line, right? The sarcastic line of Marlene got this from smugglers, but I'm guessing not you guys. It's just like, oh, okay. as, as they're eating dry ass jerky. She's got a whole sandwich. Kids got jokes. She has jokes. She has jokes. But there's a reason why she's like the only person I'm assuming who's able to eat like anything yeast related was because of the um, opening in Indonesia. They mentioned that, you know, this might have started from one of their flower factories. And apparently they have one of or Indonesia has one of the biggest like yeast factories or flower factories like in the entire world. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's how um, Joel and Ashley like narrowly escaped all the the <laughs> yeast foods that could have poisoned them in the first episode. Yeah. It's so funny looking back, right? Like they didn't have the pancakes. They didn't take yeah. the biscuits. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, narrow. And the birthday cake at the end. Exactly. All because Joel was, you know, he didn't want any cookies. He, he was on that that new diet. <laughs> Atkins. He was on Atkins, he said. <laughs> he was on Atkins. He was. He was. Him and Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wanted to open the floor back up to you guys. Was there anything you wanted to mention in the spoiler section before we get to a little bit of the trivia on our side and, you know, before we close out for the uh, for, for this episode? Another shot I really loved was when they crossed over the rooftop. That was just the perfect video game shot when they zoom out as Ellie's crossing. I just thought that looked amazing. Yeah, I guess that's what we can stick on for a sec here. It's just the set design and like, what do we think of Neil Druckmann's direction, right? Because again, video game and HBO series aren't quite the same. And I thought he did a fantastic job of translating what was in the game to live action. And I also think that's why this episode even compared to the previous one, has so many Easter eggs and nods and camera movements that are the same, right? Because he he is paying homage to himself, essentially. He's like, I know what this <laughs> scene is supposed to look like, so we're just going to do that. I think I got it perfectly the first time, and I thought that was very fascinating. Yeah, yeah I keep going back to that uh, Troy Baker quote from, I think it was last week, where he just said, it's not adaptation, it's evolution. Like, yeah. they're not... They're, just, they're adding to the story instead of just copying it. And they're doing such a good job of adding these little things to it. Right. Yeah. Cause there's, there's so many things that, you know, like I said before with video games, nine times out of 10, a lot, a lot of the exposition you have to go search for yourself because you know, the story must go on that a video game doesn't have time to, you know, take out all of this time to explain everything unless it is like one of those, like just, straight across, you know, like story driven games that isn't like an open world because even with like God of War, like there's a lot of mythos and story backstory within God of War that you have to go search for yourself within uh 2018 um Ragnarok or even the uh the the original God of War uh one through three um one and two being on PlayStation two and then God of War three being on PlayStation three. So I, I thought it was very interesting how they're able to tackle this where, like I said before, you know, they, they take a different path, but the execution is different, but it's, you know, they, they end up in the same place. It's just taking a different route. Sometimes you're, you're, you're taking the shortcut or, you know, you're, you're, you're going, uh, the, the scenic route all, all together. So I thought that was pretty cool, <laughs> but man, yeah. you can't deny that view. <laughs> yeah, speaking of scenic route, I, I love that the ending of this one where 
Ellie just doesn't really know what to do because she wanted to go back and save Tess, but then they escape and it blows up and she just kind of stands there. She's like, do I go with this guy? I don't, I don't really know what to do. That is true. Cause it's more of, we, we see Ellie, you know, she's so enthralled and like so into uh, Joel beating up the Fedra agent in episode one to, Hey, you know, I just left behind Tess who was doomed either way. And, you know, Ellie's fighting Joel saying, you know, like we can't just leave her here. And it's like, what are, what else are you supposed to do? And she kind of feels, I feel as if Ellie feels like abandoned or it's like, you know, well now I'm stuck with Joel. And now after these last two episodes, this is where the real journey begins. And that's what I'm very excited about because we have everything with Tess. We see how Tess is so hopeful in the series we get a little bit you know of her within the games where you know she she had to like kill her own family uh things of that nature you kind of find that stuff um throughout by talking to her in the games but here she has a not necessarily a redemption kind of because she does say that they're not good people which is what this world is all about. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but I'm just going to leave it there. You know, Joel and Tess aren't exactly saints. <laughs> They're not necessarily heroes either. That's what I love about Anator's performance in this episode, though, right? It's because you get the sense of that, but you also, like you said, redemption. And her especially in those final moments, realizing I've been bitten for a few minutes and I'm already struggling. Ellie clearly is the key to something. We can atone for for our sins, essentially, right? For all the bad stuff we've done the last two decades by getting this girl where she needs to get to. And I think that's why the line, save who you can save, it's going to affect Joel throughout the rest of the season, right? Because the look on his face when she says that and he just grabs Ellie and runs out, that is is powerful stuff. And, you know, those who know kind of already know. But I just think that phrasing and the way that they kind of focus on that on that line and that shot, it's going to inform his character going forward. And it's just so well done. Yeah, I love all the little nuances that Pedro Pascal is, is throwing in here. Like when when he helped up Ellie after she fell down in the water and he just glances at his hand and he, he just like, you see he feels something like just little stuff like that that gets added in that just adds so much character. And we start to see the relationship between Joel and Ellie, you know, while Tess is alive, number one, um, while she's <laughs> kind of scouting around before they cross over the um, the uh, the plank. Uh, we get a little bit of alone time between Joel and Ellie, where Ellie's kind of just constantly asking Joel questions about like, you know, like, where are you from? You know, like, like, what did you do before, you know, the, the outbreak and all, all this stuff. But Joel, he opens up a little bit, but he immediately shuts off where he's like, okay, you know, like no more personal questions, but we start to see some type of familiar, um, some type of bond or just a basic, you know, get to know you level. Hey, you know, you have to take me across, you know, country. You got to take me these, these, you know, these fireflies. We might as well get to know each other a little bit beyond the way, because in a way I feel that Ellie feels safe with Joel, but there are times where she doubts what Joel is capable of. So, and 
like she said in the first episode, you know, like, what are Joel and Tess capable of? Well, <laughs> we kind of see it here. <laughs> Joel hightails it out of there. He's like, all right, we got to go. Let's go. And she's, you know, Ellie's like, you're just leaving Tess. And it's like she was bitten. And it's not like she was bitten on her leg. She was bitten on. Yeah, like, he her neck was one to two hours on that chart at the first episode. Yeah, I think that was like the quickest way that someone was able to turn or uh, be infected. Quickest route to the brain, I guess. Yeah, I guess that is true because it does. Yeah, it has to travel up the. Yeah, very smart, very smart. Uh, Craig and, and Neil. Yeah, we all sound like mycologists. <laughs> we sound like the fungal doctors. <laughs> My college. Uh, you know what? In the edit, can you guys just dub over every time Christian says "fungal doctor"? <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who edits it, so well, we'll see. <laughs> it's gonna be like the weirdest thing. It's, it's like as you say, it, tendrils are coming out every time. <laughs> tendrils. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's great. I love uh, the performances in this one. I also love how they they're kind of simplifying the story in a way. And I know you guys touched on it a little earlier. Fedra's not here. They're not playing a role. Um, in this story, because remember in the video game, Tess is buying time from Fedra, not from right. the infected. Yeah. So I think that's, it's very fascinating how they, it's again, like we were saying, it's the same general idea. We're getting them from point A to point B, but we are choosing a different path, so to speak, which right. I, I find very interesting because they didn't have to do it that way, but it, it gives us a proper introduction to what the infected and the clickers look like. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like how the first episode was more more Fedra based and focused, and this one's just all infected. Like we gotta establish how right how uh, awful these things are. Right, and you know, just because Fedra is not in this episode doesn't mean that we may run into them later on. We don't know, yeah. but I do appreciate how this isn't just a simple one to one adaptation, like we said last week. You know, Mike had said last week that it would be just the extremely safe route. It's not a bad decision, but, you know, let's experiment a little bit here and see what we can do for the TV show that we're not able to do within the video game. Yeah, it's been it's been the subtle changes that have excited me the most out of this show. Just seeing what they've added to the world. Yeah, definitely, Devin. It's it's one of those things that it's it's the smaller, you know, the, the little small little details that, that really make up the show. Well, it's, I just wanted to throw out one little quick trivia thing. We didn't technically get to it, but that's okay. You know, we were just gushing about the episode altogether, which it's totally fine because two back to back banger episodes. You know, it's they they've taken their time with this uh, this series, but the the lighter that Tess uses um, to blow up the state house. Uh, you know, killing herself with a dozen, dozens of other infected. Uh, it's modeled after Sam Drake's lighter from Uncharted 4 Thief's Ends that came out in 2016, uh, which is also another game that is created by Naughty Dog just for if Tom Holland just showed up. <sighs> I no. swear, like, Neil, no. <laughs> if you're somehow listening to this, can you save my guy Nathan Drake and do this properly? Thank Seriously. you. Yeah, <laughs> Thank he you. can do that too. That'd be great. Seriously. Um, and we've seen from some set shots for The Last of Us that Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson will be appearing in the show in some way, shape, or form. Um, 
I think we know both of them, but I'm not going to say them. I know we're already in spoilers, but I don't want to say anything just to kind of be on the safe side. But We'll get there when we get there, buddies. Yes. Yes, buddies. <laughs> but um, let's go to our final thoughts and our ratings here. So I'll kick it back over to Mike, and then we'll go to Devin, and then I'll give mine. Uh, Mike, what are your final thoughts and ratings of episode two of the last of us much like last week this was just a really great episode of television it was very creepy like the last week was very depressing and sad this leaned more to the horror aspects of the last of us where it's just like yeah we're not getting much sleep tonight um but it you know it was phenomenally done it was again we talked about the um the clickers and the practical sets and i just think them being able to do that practically there's some cgi hints here and there but it just really kind of adds to it right it makes it feel more real than just cgi zombies so i think that was well done i just can't wait to see the rest of this series because it's phenomenal i love everything we're getting like devin even said that the nuances we're getting in uh, pedro pascal's performance right as joel are are great and they only get better from here and i can't wait to talk about that because it's honestly my favorite part of the series and next week's going to be a really good one um but rating for this episode i don't know 10 out of 10 i guess i have no complaints it my only complaint is that i hate how these tendrils look and that's a good thing that's what they want but i hate it because they're so creepy very repulsive very very repulsive yeah uh devin uh what are your final thoughts and ratings of this episode yeah i love how we're just all in agreement here because it's just another another banger episode and from all accounts next week is going to be even crazier so everyone get excited i'm excited oh i'm very very excited um you know for for my final thoughts uh ratings you know it's it's hard to it's hard to do a rating for this because we all know what happens but it's the way how it's executed for television. So I guess for just my final thoughts, um, ratings, you kind of guess we all like it. Um, <laughs> but for uh, my final thoughts, it is it it is amazing. Like, I'm very excited that this is finally here. Uh, my mom's watching it every single week. She, you know, she texts me after she had watched the episode. And it, it's, it's fun to talk about it, you know, obviously with other Last of Us fans, like, ourselves but it's also very fun to talk about it with people who are now just starting to play the video games um i believe there was like an uptick in sales um at least for the first last of us Uh, i don't know if it was part one um but i know for the remaster for people who may not have playstation plus um i know that on amazon uh the last of us uh either i think it was either part one or or the remastered, I think it was remastered, was uh, had an uptick in sales for sure, which blows my mind because I guess, not that I assume that everyone who had a PlayStation has played The Last of Us, but I guess it's one of those things where you kind of just figure that they have because, you know, like what else are you playing on PlayStation? Like outside of, <laughs> <laughs> like obviously you'd be playing Call of Duty, you know, your third party games. But when it comes to first party games, I feel like, you know, The Last of Us is like it has it has surpassed Uncharted um, as not uh, as one of Naughty Dog's like crown jewels. And really it's PlayStation's crown jewel um, as of right now, because they are leaning hard into this. I mean, we got a remake 
They came out last year for PlayStation 5. It's also hitting PC this year. And then, you know, we have the show, and then we also have the uh, the Last of Us multiplayer game that's coming out. So they're really... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I have the stats here from IGN if you want. Yeah, sure. The The Last of Us Part 1 had sales for that jumped 238% since the premiere. Uh, the Last of Us Remastered jumped 322% since the premiere. So the remastered and the remake are killing, and, you know... Christian, we've had this conversation before. This is why that remake happened. One hundred percent. That's what, that's what I keep. Oh, like yeah, it's because for the longest time I was like, you know, why do we need a remake? I was like, you know, the show's coming out. I was excited for the show, and I was like, I felt like the show can stand on its own legs. Clearly, it can, but. I, the, sh- the show is but either way yeah, i was just gonna mention that it, yeah. it broke the record for biggest uh second episode jump for a drama on hbo yeah like viewers went up 22 percent. oh yeah it did yeah yeah viewership has gone up as well for for the show but mike you're you're absolutely right it's just for some reason i don't know i just didn't like paying 70 dollars <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the issue. Yeah, lucky for all the people buying in now, uh, it's not seventy dollars. <laughs> so good for them. What is it's part wait, wait, it's part one. Is part one on sale? Because I know that PlayStation is giving people a two hour window for or like a two hour demo period if you have like the highest tier for PlayStation Plus. The game was on sale last week. It's probably so, not on sale now after these sales numbers, if we're being honest. <laughs> they said, that's it, that's it, cut them off, that's good. it, that's it. Um, but yeah, you can you can get The Last of Us remaster from Best Buy for 20 bucks. Uh, you guys, if you want to just speed run that before next week's episode. Um, but yeah, like yeah. I'm just really glad so many people get to experience the story for the first time. In new ways. And I think that's why this is a fantastic adaptation, right? It's because people who've never played it Mm. are being amazed and wowed. But then guys like us can still come in and we still have things to be interested in without it just being shot for shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad it's it is not shot for shot. Um so it looks like well that's that's not GameStop. I'm trying to find where The Last of Us can't go to PlayStation Direct because I know there it's gonna be seventy (laughs) dollars. Uh, GameStop has a... Re- oh, yeah, I guess it was on sale last week then. Yeah. <laughs> the PC platform part is just crossed out, and it just makes my heart shrivel. But that's fine. Just fun fact, <laughs> if you guys Google The Last of Us, uh, the web browser has weird fungus growing all over my screen right now, and I hate it. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been trying... Yeah, I gotta try that out here in a bit. So that concludes today's episode of The Last of Us, episode two. Again, that is titled Infected. It is now streaming on HBO Max. And before we close out, I'd like to pass the mic back over to Mr. Mike Thomas so he can let you know what is coming up on his channel and where you can find him on the internet. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for having me back. It's always a pleasure talking with you, especially about, you know, one of the best shows, presumably, of the entire year. Um, but you can find me at Novice Cinephile on just about all platforms, except for Instagram, where it's the Novice Cinephile. I'm never going to get that figured out. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, TikTok, YouTube, especially. <laughs> got a lot of fun stuff there. And the Chatter After. Um, if you go to the Chatter After on YouTube, 
We are doing Last of Us streams every Tuesday. We've dubbed, we've dubbed them Tilu Tuesdays, 8.30 Eastern for Beyond the Clickers. We're going to be talking episode two. It's a live stream. Get in the comments. Talk to us. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So I actually, I looked up Novice Cinephile on Instagram. It's someone that has like popcorn as like their yep. profile picture. They haven't posted in like six years. And it's annoying that I can't get that name. <laughs> it's infuriating how you can't like email Instagram and be like, hey, you know, is there like a, you know, a window of <laughs> where you can kind of just give someone the boot? Like, it's like, I don't know, maybe I'd even pay for it. Like if they said, hey, we'll we'll relinquish it for a price. Like I'll pay for it because every platform. How much? See, no, I'm not going to give them any <laughs> ideas just in case they're one of your listeners. They're not going to upcharge me too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sony's listening. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I thought that was, yeah, because one day I was just like, I was like, I wonder who has Novice Cinephile as their Instagram handle. It's like, oh, it's just some, yeah, some inactive account. <laughs> like, yeah, that would infuriate me as well. But um, all of Mike's uh, outlets will be in the episode notes of this episode of course they are also on episode one as well of the last of us series and that is a wrap for today if you like what you heard on today's episode please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at film optics that is optics with an x to stay in the know and as always share an episode of our podcast with a friend whether it be your mother your brother or your significant other make sure to share an episode of the film office podcast with a movie lover in need and really quick let's take a sneak peek at what's coming up on the show in the coming weeks so as of right now what's out on the show you can listen to our episode one review of the last of us again mike joined us for that review and you can listen to our megan review and our spoiler free review of that 70s show where me and amanda from Candid Cinema broke down the entire series and just had a ball talking about that show. It's now streaming on Netflix and I think everyone should go watch it if you're that 70s show fan. And what's on deck for our episodes here on the show, we're going to be covering The Last of Us again every single week. Uh, Episode 3 will be dropping next Monday. We're also going to be covering the movie Infinity Pool. And we're going to be covering uh, Velma, the TV series, as well. Uh, That one's been getting... Woo! (laughs) It's it's so crazy. It rave, rave reviews. And uh, I don't know if you want to say that's good or bad, but um, I, you know, review bombing's a thing, but, you know, we're going to give it a fair shake once we uh, cover the entire series, once or once that season is uh, finished up. But with all that said... Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. I'm Christian, and that was Devin and Mike signing off. We'll see you guys in the next one.